Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Xavier. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on Today y Manana. And uh, it's a beautiful morning here in Toronto. You had a little extra right? pepper in that good morning, I tell you. Because I'm, I'm just, I really morning. like, that, I really like walking out the door yeah. and being like, you know, this I mean, is it is nice. a good is morning for it's sure. A, it is. Yeah. It absolutely is. So we're, we're excited about it. It's a great day to just grab a cafe ton leche. That's right. And get to your, your, fantastic, your favorite spot and uh, enjoy some today y mañana because we've got some amazing guests coming up on the show. We're going to be joined very shortly by Amy Shawley Patet. She is a local artist. Then later in the show by Mia Crump, the owner of Little Acorn Events. And last but certainly not least, our friends Miguel and Chick from Credit Serious Insurance are going to be t- joining us this morning. We so have a full morning here. A full, this is be a lot a of full fun. house. We've already got some people uh, tuning in. Ricardo Cruz Duran, muchísimas gracias for watching the show this morning. Amigo de... Amigo del programa. Okay, very I like good. To say. I like that. You know, if you, if you <laughs> like and share and you do it all the time, you get the, uh, the Amigo del programa. Absolutely. Uh, and don't monitor. forget to subscribe, too, if you can. Uh, exactly. Like, share, Just subscribe, ask button. us questions. You know, ask us any questions, comments that you have for our guests. Uh, you know, we love being here on the I Love Sevo Network. Judo Wittauer is helping us out behind the camera once again today. Uh, we'd, uh, of course, big thank yous to our presenter, Emergent Financial Services, and our great partners at Castle Hill Cider, Matias Yohn Realty, Credit Series Insurance with Forward Adelante, the Premier Latino Networking Group here in Charlottesville, Virginia. So, well, don't forget about the event because she said that. Yes, I said tonight. that right before the camera That's was right. rolling. So now the camera's rolling. Now, really, now, the, now really. it's official. That's now right. it's official that there is a Today in Manana guest appreciation event uh, this evening. Open to the community, so you don't have to have been. You could be a That's future right. guest and sign up That's and right. come. And or so I want to be a guest, or I don't want to really be a guest, but I want to be there. It doesn't be, matter. Exactly, exactly. So you can sign up on Facebook. Uh, just find Today in Manana. And it's uh, this evening, 5.30, Castle Hill Cider. So, uh, Ricardo, though, I, I think uh, Ricardo, though, uh, Ricardo says, looking forward to it. It's a full house, and uh, he loves Miguel's service. So, absolutely, absolutely. So, we, so do we. So do we, Ricardo. So, we're really excited about today's show. We're happy to jump in. What do you think? Well, I'm ready. Let's I'm ready. do it. Let's yeah. do it. So, we're excited to start off this morning with Amy Shawley Paquette. She is a local artist right here in Charlottesville, Virginia. Amy, thanks for joining us this morning. Well, thanks morning, so much Amy. for having me, you guys. No, we're, we're glad to have you on. So, for those who haven't met you yet, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you first became interested in painting. Okay, so I would say, first and foremost about me, I'm um, a wife and a mother. So, my, my life and my time and my schedule is all built around mm-hmm. our children and our schedule and our calendar. And so... Um, uh, my oldest is almost six, so for that many years we've been looking at, you know, me creating and pursuing my business kind of in and around their their timeline. Mm-hmm. And so right now, last week is the first uh, week where all three kids are in school at in the school. same time. Wow, so okay. it's really started to open up different <laughs> opportunities for, for the day. So, um, yeah, so... I am a nature enthusiast. I'm a bird watcher. I've been really into birds the last eight or so years and uh, moved to Virginia in 2014. Um, okay. I was living in Los Angeles before that. And my, my background as a painter, I was interested in painting from a young age. So kind of typical, like, I was the kid that really loved paint and, you know, being in art class. And when I got to middle school and high school, I had some really great art instructors. I decided to not pursue painting as as a major in college I wanted to do science and then I decided halfway to kind of switch it to art history and was always really 
in love with the idea of, say, moving to New York and working for museums mm-hmm. and being around paintings and right. working for galleries. And, and I was painting for myself on the side, you know, as, as, as a hobby. But I eventually did move to New York after college, and I got an a opportunity. I was doing some sketching in a sketchbook at a bar, and the bar owner said, hey, I have a bigger bar that we do art shows at. Would you like to show your work at our, at our wow. bar? I said, well, yes. <laughs> so this was 2005, and it was my first experience being a professional artist selling work out of a venue in New York City, which was a huge deal for me. And this, this completely kind of set the course of, okay, I can do this. This is something that was a dream, and I can pursue this dream. So I had a little bit of a background with working in art supply stores, so in high school and then after college, and a little bit in New York City as well. And so art materials, art supplies, painting, these were kind of all working in concert together. And then a lot of people in New York were telling me that I needed to move to the West Coast because New York galleries were pulling talent out of San Francisco and Los Angeles. Mm. This was 2007, and I thought, you know what, I'll give it a shot. I had friends and family in the L.A. area, Orange County area, and thought, you know, I'm going to go and give it a year and, and try it out. So this is my kind of emerging out of this New York scene and trying to get some exposure in, in L.A. So, wait, so, wait, so you're in New York... You're painting in New York. They tell you to go to the West Coast to paint because they're pulling talent out of the West Coast. But well, you're already in New York. Yeah, a lot. It's of, like I'm here already. So the the speculation was that a, a lot of people said, you know, New York, and it still is very um, competitive. But at the time, super competitive. And out on the West Coast, people were saying like, there's more venues. Their rent is less money than New okay. York, mm-hmm. so galleries have less overhead and can um, invest. Uh, a little bit into okay. newer artists. A lot of newer oh. artists and emerging artists were coming out of some of these um, galleries in LA. So, and well, San Francisco as well, but I was more interested in the southern part of California. <laughs> so, when they're in 2007, and within the first six months of living there, I ended up finding a job uh, related to art materials. I was doing a lot of MySpace blogging at the time, if we <laughs> think back to that era. <laughs> so I posted this blog on MySpace about a particular art supply that I liked, uh, made by a certain company. Uh, they're called Golden Artist Colors. They make a lot of acrylic paint, but over the course of that time, they have expanded their product selection into oil, watercolor, and now um, this stuff called Pan Pastel. So so they have an education program, and I was familiar with this because of my experience with working in art supply stores. They have these representatives that come to the stores, and they teach people how paint works. And they were hiring for that job in Southern California. So I was 26 years old. I said, I've never taught a class before in my life. I've never done public speaking before. We'll just take a chance on this job. And so long story short, I did get the job. And they said, well, you need to commit to being in this region for at least two or three years to build up our clients in Southern California. So I said, sure, <laughs> sign me up. It's a reason to stay put. So I, I committed and stayed in LA and, and built up my resume, not only doing art shows there, which started to take the back burner, actually. Mm-hmm. So my art education, art materials realm job, you know, structuring workshops, you know, this started, this was like my introduction to having a small business because I was, you know, planning the calendar, yep. communicating with venues, mm-hmm. communicating with clients, trying to get, you know, you know, people would come to these lectures I would do for this company and 
you know, let's say you come to my lecture for free to learn how different paint products work. And you say, okay, I really liked that particular product. Can, you, can I pay you directly to teach me how to use that thing? So that's where uh, I can build up uh, a clientele of, of private lessons and also uh, small group workshops for mm-hmm. various people, art organizations, universities. So I was, you know, really threw myself into this realm of just being in the public, no. teaching to a lot of people, being in rooms of, you know, 70 people t- talking about art supplies. <laughs> and I did that job for 14 years. Wow. Uh, so I resigned last year. Uh, I was able to transfer with that job to the East Coast. So LA loved the area, knew that my family was back here and wanted to be closer to them. So around 2013, I said, hey, what territories are open for this company on the East Coast? Because really wanted New York City, but <laughs> D.C. was open. So I said, well, my parents have a farm in Scottsville. They've, they've had it since about okay. the year 2000. My dad had gone to UVA, loved the area, knew he wanted to retire here. And he bought property 23 years ago. And uh, I knew there was a farm that I could live on. I'm like, can I live two hours south of D.C.? You know, and so I went from living in... Um, I was in Boston for college, lived in Minneapolis for two years after college, New York for two years, L.A. for seven years, and then decided to leave the big cities and move to the middle of the countryside right, at, right when the summer peak season died down and there's nobody around. So it was, it was the best thing that I've done with my life. Um, I had a great life before that. Uh, great times, great life, but moving here, moving to this area specifically, I didn't grow up here. It was not an area that I was familiar with. Uh, outside of coming for the holidays or coming twice a year to see my family at their farm, uh, I didn't know about the downtown mall. <laughs> I didn't know, you know, there was a lot of things about the area that yeah, I wasn't steeped in. Had never gone to the Blue Ridge Parkway, you know, so moving here and then exploring this place for the first time was really exciting. And just before coming here, uh, kind of in those last couple years that I was in LA, I started to get into bird watching. This is, mm. there's a lot of jokes going around now. There's like internet memes about like you get to be a certain age in your life and all of a sudden you get the you binoculars. Start being, you start, you start noticing things out your back window. And this for me was a work trip I took for the company that I worked for. I went to Las Vegas. I, once a year I had to go to Las Vegas for work. Not my favorite place. <laughs> but I was in a hotel room not a lot of stuff on the TV there, and I saw this documentary on PBS about a hummingbird in this very remote part of the Andes in Peru, and it was like my spark bird that got me into the idea of birds are really cool, let me dive a little further into this theme, because creatively, like I said, I was back-burnering my painting for a very long time. I was still painting. Uh, When I lived in the cities, it was a lot of figurative work, maybe some architectural kind of things, industrial elements, you know, rivets and, Mm -hmm. you know, just things that reminded me of the city and being around a bunch of people. As I started to make the transition to coming here, was getting more into landscapes, nature-based work. I've always loved nature-based themes, but was really going more into the realism aspect of Mm -hmm. painting the landscape as I interpreted it or you know, bird scenes as I, you know, saw them and how I felt from them. So around, you know, 2011, 2012, I started getting into birding. And then 2013, took my first trip to South America and actually got to see some really great birds. 2014, I took a trip to Ecuador and took, 
you know, there was a day we went to see some uh, hummingbirds in the Andes, and just oh, the Andes wow. Mountains, take yeah. me back, you know, any day. Take oh. all my kids, which, by the way, you'll get to meet my kids tonight at the event. I'm oh, wonderful. Oh, <laughs> looking forward yeah. to it. So I just, you know, there was something about the timeline of, of discovering my love for birds and bird watching, and this, you know, and then, and then I moved to Virginia, to the countryside with no one around, didn't have any friends around, you know, my family would come up intermittently, but it was like me and the countryside and the birds. And so all of a sudden it was, okay, I'm going to photograph these and I'm going to paint them. And so then it just became this cycle of, I am going to like, what's that bird? What's that bird? I'm going to Google that, you know, and then you start to learn a little bit more about what's around you. And then migration happens because these, you know, these birds leave for the season. They go, you know, some of these birds are going, you know, their round trip to back to South America or Mexico. It's like 13,000 miles for this one little songbird. And so you, you, you know, the more I started painting, it's just, it shifted like my why for why mm-hmm. I'm painting these birds. Mm-hmm. Initially it was, oh, they're so beautiful and they're fun to paint. Feathers are so fun to paint. But also as I'm taking more photographs of them now, I take my camera everywhere. If I have to travel so for that work. Kind of the process it's to, to photograph and then mm-hmm. kind of work from that. Because I guess they don't, they don't stand still long yeah. enough to that I paint. My, <laughs> my sort of shtick is like, I have to paint for my own photo because I want, unless it's a commission or a special project, because I, I am working on some special projects at the moment where I'm working from other people's photographs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me to paint for myself, I need a moment. Every bird has a moment. You know, a lot of my paintings, I can remember that moment and what was really oh, wow. special about, about being there. And then as, as an artist, then I have to look at, you know, process-wise, how can I express this moment? So, you know, as I've, this, so 2014 is kind of when I started this theme, and I've just continued on, and, and now I have this library of images from a lot of, a lot of East Coast birds. Mm-hmm. The pandemic was a great excuse to just be in the yard and yeah. do as much bird watching as possible, but on work trips back east or back west, or, you know, if I've gotten, if fa- uh, family, friends have been in Minnesota, so, like, I'll go up there with my camera, you know, you know go up wherever I am, like, I'll take my camera and my binoculars to see what I can find, because there's always that, there may not be a moment, but if there is one, then you're prepared, you and that's exactly, just kind of exactly, like yeah. other, other themes in life, like, just mm-hmm. be prepared, and then exactly. when the opportunity arises, then you can really jump on it, so, and bird watching is, you know, can be very frustrating to get the right photo, and so mm-hmm. it really takes some patience, and, um, and so I really do like to incorporate that process into the painting process Mm -hmm. like actually getting the bird photos very could be very challenging (laughs) a paintable photo so i got a a couple of questions for you so with respect to you know the birds is the colors of the different birds is that something that will attract you and is if there a particular bird that has you know yellow or orange or red or whatever um or do you also like to capture birds like in flight and then say i want to paint that flight or I mean it's hard to capture I know yes. a photograph but I'm I, just curious as to what you know what makes you choose a bird or, yes. or is that the one you just got picture? so no that's a great question because uh you know there might be I might be, just be out and about and I happen to see some birds and get some decent photos a lot of the photos I'm working from are, are birds that are on a branch or okay. kind of Stationary. Right. Uh, I don't have great bird and flight photos because my camera is not great enough for it, and I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, I haven't upgraded. I've slightly upgraded, but I'm still working with the point and shoot. My whole thing is if if it's too far away, then I haven't had that moment. 
Yeah. I've got to be really in the moment with the bird. Yeah, you're not going to get a huge macro zoom lens. It's yeah. Like, okay, I caught this, I'm going to paint this thing that I saw. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's usually me away. hiding behind a tree or a bush, like sometimes on my belly, like, you know, I'm really hunched down, like hiding behind something to create a blind so that I can wait for this thing to come out. And, um, and so in terms of what attracts me to certain birds, there might be, like if I'm going out specifically to find something... It might be because migration's happening. Or, you know, Ivy Creek, you know, the, there's um, yeah, the a few there. areas locally that are really great for bird watching. And I'm, I'm a member of the Piedmont Virginia Bird Club, so oftentimes they'll post alerts on their Facebook group yeah. to say, hey, we've, <laughs> we've seen a golden, you know, a, a yellow-throated uh, vireo mm-hmm. over at the Ivy Creek Park. Like, you can go check it out. So sometimes you anticipate that there's going to be a certain bird mm-hmm. and then finding it right where people said it was is very exciting uh there's other times where uh i, I one of my i'm still painting from this experience uh, last spring there's a major festival and and migration bird migration event that happens up in ohio uh, oh. there's a section along lake erie this toledo metro parks area that's between toledo and sandusky it's about a 60 mile swath of land that is on Lake Erie, and these migratory birds come up through there, and then they stop along the edge of the lake and kind of wait for the conditions to be right, and they, you know, stock up on their food, and there's just, you know, the first couple weeks of May, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of the most beautiful birds that you've seen. They're coming from Mexico, from the Caribbean islands, from Central America, from South America. These are the birds that are on a journey, and when you walk into the woods there, it's like you are stepping across the threshold into mother nature at work. And even if you are not a bird watcher, something like that is just such an intense experience to witness. Be um, yeah. yeah. And so in that kind of setting, you're just, there's just birds are everywhere. So uh, I didn't go back this year, but there, there are some places where you go where there is a, really a big abundance of population mm-hmm. and it's a little easier to see what so you're you trying to go see. Um, but I was just, yeah. my husband and I were just in, in Montana for a wedding, you know, beautiful, beautiful landscape. And I was out birding, I think five days in a row, just get up early and get out there to see what I see. And there weren't a lot of things that were, like I anticipated seeing more species that are very specifically Western, but I saw a lot of birds that we get out here. It just wasn't the right time to see a big abundance mm-hmm. of them. So, uh, you know, you kind of learn where, like, the best time of year to go to see things, you know, which location to go see things. And this is where, you know, just as a bird watcher and, and a painter, you know, cause, because the painting benefits from this kind of experience, yes. is the community of birding is really strong. So you have a really great amount of people that are... That are um, supporting that so without that I wouldn't be painting the way that I'm painting now and that's a really big part of the process is just finding the the reference material and then when I'm out in the woods I'll be photographing uh, textures the foliage you know anything that's kind of in and around the habitat at the time so that I can use that to make make the paintings Um, and and in some cases usually it's in my own yard I take molds of various textures uh, take silicone molds of barks and leaves and, and nature fibers uh, because in addition to painting I also make jewelry and I do this mold making process for how I how I do the jewelry oh, so tell us a little bit about that where how did the jewelry so it was just it was born out of my experience with the art materials industry and, and being excited about what paints can do and as soon as I saw that acrylic paint will peel out of a silicone mold it was just 
like, this is the coolest <laughs> thing. <laughs> so I had all these really interesting uh, textured barks. Like, friends would just be like, oh, I'm the woman that le- has, like, the little, you know, curio cabinet of little bits of moss. And mm. I found this rock for you. Or, you know, like, even my kids now are like, Mom, look, I brought this thing for you. It's so, so great. So it goes on the shelf. And so friends of mine were bringing me, you know, oh, I found this on the ground or, you know, so some of these things, if they were sturdy enough, there's a certain set of conditions that they need to meet. But um, you can take a mold, like take this silicone putty and kind of mix it up and make, a, you know, a mold of your texture and kind of, you know, silicone sets. And then you can take all your texture materials out and then you fill the mold with acrylic products and then those will peel out. And you can use that like a, like a piece of textile or a piece of paper. Wow. That's and so that that's really how is. I do the jewelry. And, and that was, you know, I... Wanted, I was always interested in wearable art and mm-hmm. kind of uh, was able to, again, the pandemic really opened up some opportunity to uh, explore more projects that were mm-hmm. on the back burner. So, um, and I, as I worked away from teaching, you know, we can't meet with big groups of people for a couple of years. I started to get out of my teaching phase and really ramp up the amount of painting I was doing, mm-hmm. bird watching, jewelry making, and uh, it leaves us with now. So really the last couple of years, three years, there's been a huge shift in what I have done creatively. And there's been a lot of growth business-wise from what I'm doing creatively within the last year, year and a half. As what I'm, was it like to try to take that plunge and say, okay, I'm going to market these. I'm going to actually, actually, does that know something? I guess as an artist, I, do you have to take that plunge and say, okay, I was painting, I was doing these paintings, but now I'm actually going to like offer them there's, uh, yeah, it's, it was very scary. I would say scary, but also freeing mm-hmm. because I felt like I needed to, like scheduling a workshop was easy work. Like I can just yeah. put workshops on the calendar and then advertise them. And that's just, that's sort of quick, easy work. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it takes work to actually set it up, but you know, it's easy to look at the calendar and say, oh, I could teach on this day, this day, this day, yeah. this day, and I'm going to do this class and this class and this class. It's a lot harder to then say, make paintings, build a portfolio, mm-hmm. apply to places mm-hmm. because I had been applying to various places and not getting in. It was like rejection. Yeah. You'll, you hear from a lot of artists, rejection, rejection, <laughs> rejection. I'm like, like I'm like just probably not going to get in. Yeah. So like if I try, if I try again, uh, you know, what, you know, and, and so for a lot of years, it was like the year of no, like, no, we're not going to accept you or no, you know, and so mm-hmm. then after the pandemic, I started to apply to smaller outdoor markets, you know, a lot, a lot of outdoor stuff. And so I was getting, you know, doing things in a small parking lot. Uh, the Sweet Art Emporium in Palmyra was a, a good uh, launch point yep, for that. They're, they're so fantastic. And then that got me into doing some th- bigger things in, in Richmond. Uh, the Carytown Farmer's Market runs an artisan show uh, twice a year. So I got connected to them through Richmond. I got some contacts to some other places, getting invited to do a show here, do a show there. Started to apply to bigger festivals like the Crozet Arts and Crafts Festival. And so I've gotten in there the last couple of years. You know, so you start to, it was, it just then became this two years of yes. So mm. I'm applying to things and and building my portfolio and consistently painting and trying to better and better the the body of work and then um, applying to bigger and bigger festivals. So my big um, excitement this year, I got into 
and did. The, there's one in State College, Pennsylvania. That's the Central Pennsylvania Festival of the Arts, which is a really big show up there. I was able to get in there, and, and that was a really exciting time. Um, and you have a couple upcoming that people can attend. Yes, Curzay is happening. Uh, it's the first weekend of October. The Fall Foliage Festival is happening in Waynesboro the second week of October. And then I'm also, um, my work, so I started one of my sort of side arms of the business outside of like the painting and the jewelry is that I do prints and note cards of my work. So there's several mm -hmm. stores now that are stocking, that are, uh, that are ordering from me wholesale. So this wholesale and That's consignment fantastic. type uh, part of the business has really started to grow. And so there's local places, uh, Sweetheart Emporium, Wild Birds Unlimited, Ravana River Company, um, the Barn Swallow, they all, those are all places where you can find my work. Annie Gould Gallery has some of my original work. Um, and then um, there's some places in other states um, that are fantastic. up there. So that's yeah. wonderful. I love hearing that's the a terrific you got, trip. You definitely got some fans. Janet Beck says we enjoy your paintings oh, and hey, hearing Janet. about them. Sus uh, Sarah Donsway says, "Congrats, Amy. Love your art." Hey, Sarah. So you got you definitely got some fans. So if, if people are interested in like finding out more, say, "Okay, where can I check out Amy's art? Where can I go? What, what's the best place to kind of find you? Get in touch." So I would say Instagram is the place where I post the most. Uh, it's the fastest. Uh, I do sometimes also post to Facebook, but um, Instagram, at, at Amy Sholly on Instagram is, is where to find me there. And then my website, amysholleypocket.com. Uh, I will be posting, uh, there's always links out to other places. I'm trying to update that um, now that I have a little bit more time with the kids at school. There's some projects on the website that need to get taken care of. But um, yeah, so I generally say, you know, if you have any questions for me, if you're interested in, you know, booking me for anything, you know, festivals, you know, ordering things wholesale, email me through my website. That's the fastest way to get a hold of me. Uh, other, otherwise, the day-to-day is through um, Instagram. Instagram. Fantastic. So. That's wonderful. Amy, it's been an absolute wow, yeah, pleasure. Thanks so much well, for, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me here. <laughs> I really appreciate thank it. You thank so you so much. It's yeah. been an honor. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. All right. Wow. So as we, as we swap here, I do have some dates on those, uh, on those festivals. We're going to, you know, we're going to do uh, October 7th and 8th. There's going to be Crozet Arts and Crafts Festival, October 14th, 15th, Fall Foliage Festival in Waynesboro. And that's where awesome. you can find her that's work. Where you can, yep, yeah, you'll be that's, able to that's find beautiful, yeah. What a trip. There. What a trip. So, <laughs> yeah. It's amazing, right? It's amazing. I, well, it's, it's, it's one of the things we love most, like those journeys, right? Yeah, absolutely. How, how life and people journey to do the things that they do now. Exactly, and, and, yeah. And this has produced the, the beautiful paintings um, that just mean so much. You can tell how much... Yeah. And that, I mean, it's one it. of the beautiful things, certainly, about things like, um, you know, Instagram, where you can certainly display yeah. your work in such a way that people can see it quickly and, and, and look at it and say, wow, this is beautiful. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And from one great desk to another, we're excited to welcome to the show this morning Mia Trump. She is the owner of Little Acorn Events. Mia, thanks for coming on Good this morning, morning, Mia. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm excited to be here. Now, same here, same here. So for those who haven't met yet, so have the same question. <laughs> Tell us maybe a little bit about yourself, how you first became interested in, in wedding planning in general. Yeah. Yeah. So it's actually really neat to be in here with other small business owners in Charlottesville because mm -hmm. as, as Amy was talking, I was like, oh, that really resonates with kind of a little bit of my story. <laughs> so I am also um, a mother and my business was actually kind of born out of that. Um, by education, I was an elementary school teacher okay. um, working in um, 
Elmore County School District mm-hmm. and loved a lot of things about being a teacher. And then in 2018, I was pregnant with my first daughter, and I just knew I could not be the teacher that I was. I was the mm-hmm. one that was there 10, 12 hours a yeah. day. <laughs> um, and because I loved my babies, my kid, my, my mm-hmm. students, you know. And I knew I couldn't be the teacher that I wanted to be and the mom that I wanted to yeah. be. Right. So I was sort of looking for, like, well, what else can I do that would enable me to stay home mm-hmm. and still um, have a foot in the door of career path yeah. um, for my own self? And honestly, I had come fresh off of planning my own wedding in 2016. All right. So I feel like my story into the wedding industry in Charlottesville, which is such an incredible community, um, and we're a wedding destination in the U.S., which yeah, I think is oh, yes. incredible. Um, but my entry into it was a little bit unique in that a lot of my contemporaries, um, other planners, wedding designers who I really admire, came through catering companies, or they started at a venue and then branched off into their own yeah. business. And for me, it was more really born out of, I want to be doing something that I feel passionate and invigorated by, and I want to be able to be home with my daughter. Mm-hmm. And now I actually have two daughters. I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, and I'm homeschooling my preschooler. So I'm home. And this has become something even bigger than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like a little side hustle. Right, exactly, yeah. And then I truly didn't know how much I was going to deeply fall in love with wedding planning. Oh, wow. And what's really special to me about it is the relationships that I get to build with my couples. And you get to mm-hmm. be with people. You know, we live in a world right now that's broken in a lot of ways and upsetting in a lot of ways you know like we see the news every day and there's just well that's terrible that's terrible that you know (laughs) and it's hard and it's hard not to get really discouraged and I think I get to do this thing that is all about love and joy joy and a time in our lives where we are celebrating with Mm -hmm. people from all these different chapters too like how many times in your life are all these different people in one place it's very Mm -hmm. rare that's right that's true and so getting to create that and be along with people for that journey of their engagement and then creating a wedding that is you know a design that is unique I say like your wedding should tell your love story and it should be Mm -hmm. personal and it should be fun and joyful and um, be unique to you and so that's been a really fun part of doing what I do so now, for, do you, oh, oh, ahead, I was going to say, do you, now, do you choose the venue for the couple or the couple chooses the venue and then you have to you know, work, with, work with that? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, most of my clients hire me, it's sort of like right before or right after you've mm-hmm. chosen. There's kind of like the first three things that you're going to do when you get engaged. Just like we need a date, we need a venue, and a planner. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I am the first thing where they hire me because they want to work with me. And then my relationships with venues and wedding vendors, mm-hmm. et cetera, right. kind of yeah. unfold from there. So I've started working with people where I'm the first person that they book. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go look at different venues and take tours. And then we're going to yeah. look at date availability and pick a date or they come to me and they say okay well we're getting married on this day at this venue Mm -hmm. I'm on a lot of the recommended vendor lists at a lot of the top venues in Charlottesville which is just wonderful and and there's such a like collaboration community over Mm -hmm. competition in Charlottesville wedding industry that exists that I'm really proud to be a part of so it depends I would say but yeah those are kind of the top three like planner venue date in some order (laughs) (laughs) yep well, and speaking of them, so Angela Hodge from um, Due Sorelle that we had them on, I think it was Michael and myself, but I had them on a few weeks ago. She says uh, they had the honor of working with me uh, this past yeah. weekend. She is phenomenal, phenomenal. 
So the, oh, so Angela's the, so sweet. Yeah, they're a newer sort of like farm venue yep. um, in Rutgersville. And um, yeah, really beautiful, really beautiful space. I mean, so much of what's incredible about Charlottesville is the views. Exactly. And we're, yeah. yeah, we're frequently at, um, you know, a lot of the top venues in the area. And what I've really started leaning into as a little bit of like a niche for myself is private estate venues. Um, or excuse me, private estate weddings where it's Mm -hmm. not a venue, but we're building a wedding kind of from the ground up. So tented reception, like on this beautiful private property. And there's so much space for creativity there. It's, and it makes for really beautiful designs that are really authentic, unique to those couples. So I'm just curious in these tented events, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I mean, here in Virginia, as as you probably well know, is the humidity can be pretty tough. How do you plan? How do you plan for weather? Weather related, you know, (laughs) cool cool air so you can dance. (laughs) You know what I mean? One of my favorite things my dad says to me, which I'm sure he didn't make up, but um, he says, if you don't like the weather in Virginia, wait five minutes. And that's so (laughs) true of like, okay, well, this is a crazy storm and now we're fine. Um, So, yeah, I mean... Summer weddings, the the real truth. I had a beautiful wedding um, at Eastwood, August 5th, Eastwood Winery. And just a few weeks before the wedding, you know, we'd been planning together for a year. And we had, you know, the bay draping, like the draping you kind of do on the sides of the tent. We had the fans rented and all of this. And we did beautiful um, handheld fans, like, on each seat at the ceremony. I've done a lot with, like, the parasols that are having a moment. Really beautiful. Um, but, yes, a few weeks before, my bride said, so what are we going to do about the heat? And I was like, well, babe, we've got our fans. <laughs> we've got, you know, the handheld fans and the powered fans. And we've got shade. And we're going to enjoy it. <laughs> so that is a thing of planning a summer yeah. wedding when you are committing to an outdoor. Yeah, of course, yeah. there's wonderful venues like King Family. We're there really frequently. Um, that has air conditioning, which we love <laughs> in the summer months, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So for for someone out there, let's say you know you've got you've got a couple that that you know they just got engaged or something. They say, okay, what are all the things that a wedding planner can do? Because maybe they've seen a venue and they're like, okay, the venue's like, yeah, you know, you get that person at the venue that like will do these. You know, venue coordinator venue mm-hmm. stuff what just kind of the wedding planner add like what, what would you say is like the value add of like this is what all the things that you can you can help some, a couple with oh yeah absolutely well a huge piece of that is because Charlottesville has become like truly a wedding destination we're often planning with people who do not live locally mm-hmm. so a lot of my clients actually like as I'm thinking about like my 2024 calendar I have two different couples who are based in New York City um, I have yeah just people that we work with really frequently I've planned with couples from Texas from New Jersey um, from Colorado who are coming to Charlottesville because of what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. So I think a huge piece of having a planner who is local to Charlottesville, we know the community and we know who's who in the wedding industry. Um, And so it really saves you in the long run. Of course, a wedding planner is an an investment. Um, I myself, like many sort of high-touch wedding planners, I am percentage-based pricing. So yes, it's an investment. But in the end, it ends up saving you money because... And time, huge amounts of time, because you're not sifting through what am I looking for in a catering contract or like what is this typical or not typical or like this florist has a minimum. Is that normal? The answer is yes. Um, and, and, you know, just kind of being like I think of myself as um, not just a planner and a designer, um, but also like a touchstone of just mm-hmm let me be here in your back pocket as you're having these questions, you know? So of course we have scheduled monthly planning meetings and then we're, we are going out and doing that legwork piece, Mm -hmm. getting the proposals for you. We're Mm -hmm. talking 
um, about with, with our couples, a big thing I say is wedding planning should not be stressful. It should be joyful and fun, and it should be a creative and collaborative right. process, and you should be enjoying your engagement. And so in our meetings, we're having the conversations about, like, what are the dreams? What's the goals? Like, yeah. what do you envision? And then my expertise comes in where I think, okay, so if a high-touch, beautiful culinary experience is top of mind for you, I know I'm reaching out to this caterer, this caterer, and this caterer. Mm-hmm. Um, or florals are super important. I know who I'm going to contact. Yeah. Yeah. So it's having that person who knows mm-hmm. Which must take so much, especially for the couples that are out of town. Must totally. take so much stress oh. out of. Because I can't right. imagine how daunting it would be, like to go online. Oh, Google Charlottesville do, weddings. It's yeah, going to be. It's going to be like page, <laughs> pages, upon pages, pages upon page, and you have no idea. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. you know everyone's going to have like amazing photos. Of course, right. I was going to say they exactly. all look good. Yeah, well, and we no all have professional content to work with because exactly. we're all using professional photography galleries. You yeah, know, right. so like yeah, they're all going to look great. And at a certain point, I would imagine if you don't know the Charlottesville industry, which why would you if you're not a wedding professional and you're just a person getting married, it would be just like overwhelming and then and that's not fun no yeah. not at yeah. all it's like when they take pictures of, of houses right like you, you go online it's like look how beautiful this room is and then you go in it's like it's a hole right <laughs> the right. camera just did a wide angle it's like well this is a great room yeah. so same thing I mean you you have exactly. to be careful about that and, yeah. and you have somebody that knows everybody here and, and knows the quality of the work and, well and save and you that effort too you know when you're putting your budget together because Absolutely. I would imagine because yeah. I know so many of the venues caterers stuff it's not like you go to the website and said well here's the cost mm-hmm. right it's it's reaching out talking to them so you're having kind of those conversations and those things so that you can come back to them with the five hours that went into the one number instead of them sitting on the phone for five hours to come up with a number. Exactly. And then another big piece of that too is helping couples understand what is realistic and expected Mm -hmm. for Charlottesville weddings in particular. Because if you Google like average wedding budget, it is not an average Charlottesville wedding budget. It is not. And and that's fine, but we need to have those realistic conversations mm-hmm. around that. And you don't know. Let's, I, I tell my couples, like, you don't know what you don't know until you know. That's right. So, like, why would you know that what florals cost until you look? Exactly. <laughs> Although I would assume that in some places, like, you know, if they're coming from New York or even New Jersey or some other places, those places are also very expensive. So, yes. So, uh, from a budget point of view, they might say, well, that's reasonable. Well, but right. the opposite, right. it might be, How? they're saying, are these people any sure? good? Yeah. They're too cheap. <laughs> exactly. like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, right. So, what, what's kind of the process? So, a brand, you know, couple calls, you said, hey, we want to have an initial conversation. Or yeah. What kind of the, is the process of working with you like from the from the get-go, from the beginning? Yeah, absolutely. Well, a really big piece um, of my process truly is cultivating very mindful relationships with my clients. So, like, we are going to be friends. Like, don't, don't hire me if you just want, like, the black and white, you know, here's this proposal. Like, we're going to, I'm going to know about your life. You're going to know mm-hmm. about mine. Like, I want to be engaged in that so that the wedding that we end up producing is authentic and true mm-hmm. to who my couple is. Mm-hmm. So that's a big piece of that, like, sort of initial getting to know each other and in that Mm -hmm. consultation call I always ask like tell me your love story tell me how you met like tell me what's important to you on your wedding day because um, a big thing for me too as a business owner which I I would imagine is a challenge for a lot of business owners is 
getting to the point of like, okay, what are my kind boundaries Mm -hmm. and who do I want to work with and finding those ideal clients of like, sometimes I have a consultation or a discovery call and it's like, you know what, we're not going to be the best fit and that's okay. But when I'm onboarding new clients, um, where we are such a great fit and you can feel it, it's like a spark, you know, when you have that conversation and some of my best reviews have been like talking to me, I was like talking to an old friend and I love that because that's what I want Mm -hmm. to give you is that comfort and that like, wonderful space to create and have fun planning your wedding. And so bringing on new clients, our onboarding process, we use, um, we use an online planning portal powered by Isle Planner, which is very standard among a lot of high-end wedding planners. Um, and so you have kind of everything you need digitally for planning at your fingertips. And then we host monthly planning meetings, which I do over Google meetings because a lot of my clients are like I said, not local. Now, sometimes I do get to work with local clients, which is wonderful. Um, actually, after this this show, I am heading over to Rock, Paper, Scissors um, on the mall here to meet with a local client to work on some stationery. We're oh. doing some save the dates for next fall. <laughs> so I also get to do really fun stuff like that with other local businesses. Yeah. Um, but then throughout the process, you know, we, we have our monthly scheduled meetings, um, and then we're working through what I know of the timeline of planning a wedding, which is also unique in Charlottesville. Like there's certain things, one little thing is like hair and makeup books up really fast in Charlottesville. Mm. So where people might tell you if you Google or like Pinterest has like 12 month planning timeline, not accurate for Mm. our area. Cause there's certain things that we know, okay, we have to shift this up or we can move this down. So it's guiding people through that process. Um, I keep a planning. I keep a planning journal throughout as well, um, and that has all of our notes from all of our meetings, and then kind of what's up next for me, what's up next for my clients, um, just so we're always very transparent with where we are in the process. So, if you're planning a wedding in Charlesville, what kind of time frame do you look oh, at? Yeah, man, what's a in other words, question. if I want to get married in six months. Is that feasible in Charlottesville, or do I have to plan it a year? I know you're laughing already. A year, <laughs> a year and a half, two years. Like, what's like the, the most yeah. stress-free time? Yeah, like, yeah that, yeah. Um, so it is also seasonal in Charlottesville. So yeah. our busiest months for weddings are May and June because, hello, it's beautiful. Um, and for the same reason, September and October, when we start to see the leaves yeah. changing, you know, different vibes. So you're looking at spring, summer, May, June fall, September, October. So I would say the answer to that question is different based on when you're getting married. Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, oh, we're going to do a winter wedding, like December, that would be easier to plan on a shorter turnaround. Personally, I like to have at least 12 months of working with clients because it saves us both the stress of (laughs) like, you know, hustling to like, oh gosh, we have to get all this stuff done. As opposed to if you have a longer time, you can have a much more relaxed engagement. Yeah. 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 But in general, 12 months plus, I would say in Charlottesville is a good... Yeah. Ballpark. Yeah. We have like our big ticket vendors booked already for most of our fall weddings. Wow. For next year. Excuse me. 2024. Obviously for 2023. We're about to be in fall. (laughs) That would be magical if you pulled off planned for a while. Yeah. We're buttoning up the final details now. (laughs) Absolutely. So Mia, so if people are interested in saying, okay, how can I get in touch with you, what's the best way to like, okay, to reach out and get in touch with you? Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm on Instagram, um, little acorn events, of course. Um, we just actually launched our brand new website, which I'm really proud of. Um, I mean, I've had a website, but it's been a project. Anyone who has done a website knows it is a journey. Yeah. It was like a six month situation of creativity. Um, and that's of course, littleacornevents.com. Um, we're on Pinterest. Uh, but yeah, the biggest place is Instagram, um, which is just little acorn events. I try to post 
daily when I can. Um, and I like to do a lot of kind of varied stuff with like wedding inspo, mm -hmm. obviously like weddings that we've done. And then also like tips, planning tips and ideas. I want our, in, our Instagram page to be a place where people can land and feel like, okay, I gained some knowledge. Mm -hmm. I feel inspired and wanting to sort of look at our work from there, from that Absolutely. design place. Yeah. Right. So then, so little acorn events, is it littleacornevents.com? Yes, littleacornevents.com is the website, and then just at littleacornevents on Instagram. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, me, it's been an absolute pleasure. Absolutely. Thanks so much for coming out. on this yeah, morning. Yeah, thanks Thank so much you. for having me, guys. It was a really great chatting Education. with you. I Same here. Same oh, here. thanks. And I'm oh. off to rock, paper, scissors. There you <laughs> go. Well, give, our, give our congratulations to your double. I will. Right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Uh, it was just, funny. I just it just it just occurred to me a little acorn, right? So you think about a little acorn in the wedding, and then they grow some big tree yes. as a family, right? Like Which it. is very nice. Yeah, I like it. Now that's some it takes me a long, long enough to hey, see these it, things, it, but, but yeah, it only took you the whole interview to, to figure that part. Well, not the whole interview. <laughs> Half the interview. I didn't know anything. So as we transition here. Got some big fans watching the show. Toto Sotelo, Toto's been all oh, watching oh, the show oh, this morning. Yes. Bill McChesney, John Blair joining us this morning. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. Really appreciate it. And we've got here some, some good friends, some great, uh, some great guests, Absolutely, good friends. Yes. We're really that happy to welcome to the show this morning Miguel Torredin and Chit Credit. They are from Credit Serious Insurance. Miguel, Chit, thanks so much for coming on this morning. Buenos right. dias. Buenos dias, amigos. Buenos dias. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. I like it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, so how are you both doing? Doing great. Doing, doing great. Um, You're looking fantastic. Thank you, and you as well. Uh, we, we are excellent. We're just we're grateful of one See, more day of life. this is what I like. See, yeah. I said, you're looking great. And he said, you too. <laughs> That's why you love me. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh, right so next sweet. to me. Now you feel better, right? Yeah, of <laughs> so it's, I always love talking to you guys because, I mean, it, it's funny. Just You're always so knowledgeable in insurance. I mean, we've taught auto. We've taught home. We've taught so many things. So... What would you say is new in insurance? Like, what are some areas of insurance that people are beginning to look into that maybe the average person hasn't thought about yet? Um, well, that's a great question. Um, and, you, and you're leading into the kind of new topics. I'm going to kind of throw you a curve a little yeah. bit here and bring something up that I, I thought was very important. Uh, kind of like a little public service announcement. Um, right now, insurance is in very challenging times uh, with claims, financial states, yeah. uh, inflation, all that kind of stuff. We're in what's called a hard market right now. Hard market. Um, you have soft market and hard market. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean? So a hard we're in a hard market right now, which means carriers are tightening underwriting. It's harder to get insurance. Premiums are increasing. Um, so it's, it's kind of a seller's market rather than a buyer's market. Mm, interesting. Um, so it's due to the inflation, uh, cost of claims. Uh, over the last, uh, you know, went through COVID-19 where the insurance companies took rate decreases because people were stuck at home. They weren't driving as much. Uh, activity were minimized. Mm -hmm. uh, since COVID-19 is, is the majority of the pandemic yeah. is not quite as serious, um, people are back driving and, and whatnot. Uh, inflation is a key, key factor um, just like when you go shopping, your milk, your bread, your eggs, everything you're buying is expensive. Uh, building homes is expensive. Repairing cars are, is expensive. And all of that cost directly hits an insurance company's claims experience. Um, what we're finding is insurance companies that have managed their risk better, maybe have better client selection, aren't quite is in a bad, bad position as some, but every company out there is... Uh, 
they're either increasing rates, moratoriums on new business. So the, the public service side of this announcement is, you know, whatever insurance you have, be extra careful. Keep it paid. Don't let it cancel. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a good don't, point. don't put yourself in any unnecessary risk. Um, on the other hand, even though it's a hard market, it doesn't mean you're stuck and you can't yeah. shop. Uh, as I said, insurance companies all handle their risks differently. differently. So one insurance company might be taking an 8% rate increase. Another one might be taking a 25 30% rate increase. Wow. So it's still, it's still a good time to shop. But make sure make sure you stay yeah. make sure you stay you 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 keep your insurances up to date and make sure you pay all your premiums because God forbid you lose one to find another one you may be in trouble. Find it, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's just kind of a well, well, PSA for everybody. That's out key. There. No, that's key. good. Well, that's you know, exactly and, what I was looking for. Like you know, the, what you know, what should people yeah. be looking at? And it's one of the things you don't think about. You know, when you talk about inflation, you say to yourself, well, "Why would an insurance company impact inflation?" But but the thing is, the yeah. claims, right? In other words, what is insurance? You crash your car, and it's got to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Well, fixing the car all of a sudden went up. 10, 20% than what it was two years ago. Exactly. You've been paying the same premium, and now the insurance company has to pay a lot more. So, yep. uh, And cars are sitting in shops a lot longer. You know, you take your car in, it needs 30 parts, and one is on back order. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now your car is sitting there. Exactly. People are running out of rental insurance. People, um, so it, it, car rentals are getting maxed out. Uh, cars are sitting in lots. And, and like I said, you, you said the cost is the, is the main yeah. driver. Um, we're very lucky, Erie Insurance. Uh, has stayed very competitive. We've had rate increases. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, yeah. we're, we're not immune to it, um, but we've been very fortunate as, as the amount. Yeah. And uh, we're still open. We're still writing business. Uh, we have to scrutinize it a little more, mm -hmm. but uh, so we're, we're very fortunate um, yeah. to have Erie Insurance. So, so there's two areas of the insurance that, you know, and, and you can jump in in the sense if you think there's something more important, but there's two areas of insurances that I think are really uh, important in picking up. One is cybersecurity, and the only, the only reason I say that, you know, we work, you know, with um, the SEC and this compliance, and, mm -hmm. and every single email that comes to us is basically about cybersecurity over the last year and a half, right? And the second thing is life insurance, um, and I always liked the life insurance that also has the long-term care riders, because oh, yeah. long-term care is something that I think more and more people are going to need. We're living yeah. a little longer, but that doesn't mean we mm -hmm. live necessarily <laughs> the healthiest <laughs> of longer. So yeah. maybe you can, you know, you can both talk a little bit about that. What what, what your thoughts are? Yeah, the easiest uh, cybersecurity is a is a big uh, undersold product, and 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 even though uh, the internet and and the cyber world is all around us, we still just don't think about the insurance side of it. You know, if your business gets hacked, if your computers are held ransom, mm. you know, ransomware, all that kind of stuff, you think it's, oh, it's only going to happen to the big corporations. Um, but data leaks, you know, if your company is responsible for storing any kind of sensitive information, mm -hmm. data birth, social security, addresses, names, you have a, a risk factor out there. Um, all I can say is bring it up to your insurance agent. Yeah. Inquire about it. Say, do, yeah. you, do you have it? Uh, most of the carriers uh, have endorsements now for cybersecurity. Um, it's kind of a Band-Aid approach. It's, 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 not, it's better than not having any, any, anything at all, but if you're a larger corporation with uh, serious data issues, uh, probably a, a custom-tailored, standalone cybersecurity uh, would be more the fit. 
So uh, I would just say ask, um, ask your insurance agent or, or call us. Absolutely. Y Miguel, estamos hablando un poquito de, de seguro de vidas um, y, y el seguro de vidas también que tienen un poco de ayuda si uno se enferma y necesita ayuda cuando se hace viejo, vamos a decir. Um, uh, y quizás usted también quiera hablar un poquito, me, creo que estaba hablando un poquito de que quién puede obtener seguros de vida que antes no podían obtener. Correcto, cuando se hace más joven, ¿verdad? Mientras <laughs> 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 más joven, más fácil. The younger okay. easier to get life insurance, no doubt about it. Bueno, eh, bueno, primero que todo, muchas gracias y, y buenos días por tenernos acá. Siempre es un placer para nosotros estar oh, con siempre. ustedes y, pues, por supuesto, con nuestro público. Eh, en cuanto al seguro de vida, hace no muchos años atrás era prácticamente casi imposible para personas que no son ciudadanos americanos o incluso residentes en este país, eh, siquiera pensar en seguro de vida. Entonces, obviamente, las cosas van cambiando. Eh, y ya cuando las compañías se dan cuenta que aquí hay una, hay una población eh, como usted, como yo, eh, que tiene familia, tiene niños, eh, tienen años, dos décadas, literalmente, trabajando en este país, son personas que están aquí en serio y necesitan, así como cualquiera de nosotros, necesitamos un seguro de vida. Y entonces estas compañías se han dado cuenta y por fin, algo que yo siempre he criticado a la mayoría de las compañías, y hoy en día hay compañías que ya dan esa flexibilidad de poder tener un seguro de vida para personas que o no son residentes o no son ciudadanos. Eh, eso es muy importante para todos los que somos padres claro, de familia claro, eh, y trabajamos aquí y bueno, es un mensaje que quiero pues obviamente darle a, a toda la comunidad eh, sea donde sea eh, allá IRI empezó a ser más flexible con ese y también trabajamos con otras compañías que pueden proveer seguro de vida el, 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 y el, el, el premium de los seguros de vida, ¿esos son más o menos iguales que los otros o tienen que pagar un poquito más porque no son ciudadanos y residentes? No necesariamente. Uh, eh, lo, los seguros de vida no son como los eh, seguros de carro que si usted tiene un ticket o va a pagar más. No, más que bien, más, más que eso, es ellos se van, dependiendo de la suma, el, el, el death benefit, uh -huh. ellos se van o se enfocan eh, en cómo está su salud. Ese ah, es el principal. Ah, eh, eso es lo más importante, cómo está su salud. Si ha tenido, eh, digamos, si ya ha tenido eh, problemas de salud preexistentes o si tiene algo actualmente con su salud, bueno, ellos se enfocan en eso, ¿no? Eh, pero si usted está, le hace un examen de sangre y sale en perfectas condiciones, de hecho, va a entrar a una categoría muy, digamos así, excelente, ¿no? Sí. Ultra excelente. Y ahí es cuando le dan, puede tener, obtener un mejor, un mejor, un mejor claro, precio, claro. sí, claro. Sí. No, no, es, I mean, I guess it's normal, sentido, right? Yeah. In other words, uh, The healthier you are, the lower the premium. The lower the premium. Claro, claro. Claro, sí. Y para los latinos que quizás eh, tienen interés en seguro de vida, ¿cuál es, ¿cómo es el proceso de, de trabajar con ustedes, de, de, trabajar, de hablar con Miguel y todo? ¿Cómo, cómo se va el proceso? Oh, el proceso es, es muy simple. De hecho, eh, cotizar un seguro de vida es, es lo más fácil. que es, eh, Toma menos tiempo incluso que cotizar una... una, una Hacer una cotización de carro toma cinco o menos de cinco minutos, literalmente, cotizar a alguien en un seguro de vida. 
es simple, es simplemente tener una, conversa, una conversación conmigo o con, o con los agentes que tenemos allá en la oficina. Eh, obviamente vamos a hablar de muchas cosas, ¿no? De la familia, de sí. cuáles son las necesidades, ¿no? Claro, Porque claro, para claro, cada claro. quien sí. son necesidades diferentes, sí. ¿no? No quiere decir que todo el mundo necesita un seguro de vida por la misma razón, ¿no? ¿no? Sí. Hay personas que necesitan seguro de vida, obviamente la mayoría por su familia, por sus hijos. Hay otras personas que necesitan seguro de familia eh, porque de repente no tienen familia, pero necesitan un seguro para su casa, ¿no? Si llega a pasar algo, el, el seguro de familia paga toda la casa. Hay incluso personas que quieren um, asegurar alguna entidad, este, mm. fraternidad o algo que no necesariamente tenga que ver con una persona. Uh -huh. Es interesante, hay, mu hay muchas razones por las que una persona este, puede... Eh, asegurar, tener un seguro de vida, ¿no? Eh, pero no, estamos aquí, es una conversación muy fácil. Eh, la, pienso yo que la comunidad latina está hoy en día más abierta eh, a, a hablar sobre el seguro de vida porque yo creo que culturalmente los latinos eh, tenemos, hay como un tabú, creo yo, existe, de que ni siquiera quieren hablar de sí, su seguro de vida porque sí. no se imaginan que en algún momento pues ya no van a estar aquí, pero es una conversación que hay que tener claro. eh, yo siempre hablo con, con, con las personas con nuestros clientes eh, de la importancia es una herencia es una protección que le estás dejando es como a, a, a tu familia es muy importante porque el día que tú no estés aquí como padre o como madre o los dos y tú no le dejas nada a tu hijo con qué defenderse, imagina, es bien duro una situación, que queda, dejas a, tu, a, tu, a tus familiares o a tus hijos en una situación financiera bien comprometedora, sí. bien difícil, sí. eh, y yo creo que como padres o madres eh, tenemos que pensar un poquito más en eso, eh, pues para por lo menos tratar de asegurar el día que no estemos aquí, por lo menos nos vamos tranquilos de que al menos le dejamos algo a nuestros hijos. Por lo menos, yo no digo que lo que le dejemos eso lo va a hacer rico, pero lo, por lo menos le abre el camino no, y, y no a un futuro. Eso, es, es más bien cuando, cuando uno es joven y tienen jovencitos y tú eres el que estás, vamos a decir, quizás tu, tu, tu esposa está en la casa cuidando a los muchachos y tú vas a trabajar uh -huh. y algo te pasa a ti de golpe por razo, la tu, tu esposa está allí y dice, ¿de dónde yo tengo la, el alquiler? Tengo que pagar el, el coche, sí. tengo que pagar muchas uh -huh. cosas y no hay dinero. Y eso es cuando es importante tener algo allí, como dice usted, no para ser los millonarios, pero, pero para menos ayudarlos un poco durante dos, tres años. Es decir, Correcto. Y, entonces yo puedo ya uh -huh. trabajar. ¿no? Lo que iba a decir es, las conversaciones que usted tiene con, uh, con las personas estas, puede ser... Por teléfono, ¿no? ¿Es verdad? Correcto, sí. Yo, yo he tenido conversaciones por teléfono. Sin embargo, es cuando se habla de un seguro de vida, es algo un poco... Yo lo veo un poco más de la parte humana. Sí. ¿Ok? Uh -huh. No es como vender una póliza de carro, es algo más material, es un carro ya, ¿no? Porque cuando... Los clientes tienen muchas preguntas cuando se trata de seguro de vida, ¿no? ¿Qué tipo de seguro de vida? Hay, hay muchos tipos de seguro de vida. Eh, ¿En qué me beneficia esto? ¿Los beneficios aquí, allá, mi esposa? Todo, ¿no? Entonces, hay muchas preguntas. Y eso a veces por teléfono, no necesariamente, aunque sí. lo explique de la mejor forma posible, a veces no todas las personas lo entienden de la misma forma. Y estando en la oficina físicamente hablando con esa persona creo yo eh, que hay una mejor interac interacción eh, entre los entre los, entre todas las personas que están ahí y como como dijo Mía anteriormente al show eh, yo creo que es eh, 
parte creo yo del éxito de cualquier empresa es interactuar con los clientes como si fueran tus mejores amigos. Sí, y yo no estoy diciendo esto como, no, es que yo soy ahora, mis clientes son mis mejores amigos. No, simplemente tratarlos como, como todo el mundo se merece ser tratado, ¿ok? Como una, como una buena persona, de confianza, sin ningún tipo, todo transparente, ¿no? Uh -huh. Y por supuesto tú, o en este caso yo, los agentes que trabajamos ahí en, 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 en la agencia de nosotros, este, nosotros damos lo mejor de nosotros, nuestra experticia, nuestro conocimiento de, de años de experiencia para comunicarle eso a nuestros clientes y que ellos tomen la mejor decisión basado ¿no? en, en, en lo que nosotros estamos explicando cuando se refiere a, a seguros de vida. ¿no? Es muy importante crear esa conexión con el cliente. Sí. Porque si uno no crea esa conexión con el cliente, es difícil. Sí, sí. Va a ser difícil entenderse. Más bien... Yo creo que la pregunta era para, para estar seguro que nosotros conocemos bien los, los latinos, trabajan mucho y cuando acaban de trabajar van a casa porque está con la familia. Entonces, casi siempre o sea, no hay mucho tiempo para ir a visitar sí. a, 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 a nadie, ¿no? Pero y quería saber si también se puede hacer por teléfono porque quizás por, se dice, mire, por si esta noche por teléfono puedo hacer, ¿no? Sí, pero, por supuesto. Entonces, por teléfono con mucho gusto también lo podemos hacer. este Pero sí, sea por teléfono o, o sea presencial en la oficina, sí, que eh, mejor, yo animo mucho a, a la comunidad latina a, a tener... Esta conversación se tiene que tener, y lo, mientras más pronto, mejor, porque mientras más pasan los años, eh, eh, más caro va a salir caro, el seguro. No, sí. eh, no te vas a hacer más joven, eh, te vas a hacer... Vas a, vas a hacer bueno, un... algunos sí, algunos. Algunos sí. Yo, usted, usted, usted es más joven. <risa> <risa> hay que, hay que, señor <risa> Pero no, sí, es, es muy importante tener esta conversación. Obviamente, mientras más temprano, mejor. Eh, nunca es tarde, obviamente. Siempre se puede tener claro. una conversación. Me, es mejor tarde que nunca. Eh, pero al final hay que pensar en, en, en los hijos, ¿no? En, en los hijos de uno, en la sí. familia, ¿no? Si no tienes hijos, de repente, no sé, algún primo tuyo, un hermano, tu hermana, tu mamá, alguien, ¿no? Alguien va a estar necesitado. Este, y, y, si, y si usted puede tener un seguro de vida... Eh, se lo van a agradecer. Se lo van a agradecer. Y, y hablando de, de la confianza y la conversación, la conversación con clientes, Ricardo dice, Ricardo says, this is speaking of trust, and so Ricardo Cruz Durán says, uh, I have referred so many clients to Miguel and each, every single one of them are happy with the service. His tips to clients work long-term and short-term, and Chick has also been amazing uh, to the Hispanic community. He supports and embraces the market. So, You see, it's, it's you. that conversation and that Gracias, trust Ricardo. that is a huge part. You know, it's it. very important because, let's be honest, when it, it's true. I mean, what Miguel was saying was, you know, to buy insurance for a car, a house, whatever, is somewhat, you know, you're buying something impersonal. When you're buying yeah. life insurance, it's you. you're buying something that you're saying, okay, what if I pass away? I mean, yeah. that's a difficult, you know, mm -hmm. especially... Latinos yeah. are very machismo. It's like nothing's going to happen to me. I mean, I'm, I'm indestructible. I'm I'm in right? So, so, but in all of us like that, when you're young, it's like, come on, you know. Yeah. I mean, what do I need life insurance for? But the issue is, especially once you have, in particular, once you have a family, right? 
It is so important. The younger you are mm -hmm. and the younger the family, the more important it is. And it doesn't mean like you, have, you don't have to go out and get a million-dollar policy. Just think about, you know, what do I think do my family need would need them? to at least yeah. for a year or two yeah. make sure that the they're right not story. suffering, that they yeah. can find a way to then, you know, keep moving on, right? And then later on in life, you want to increase that, you can increase it, right? So, but it's so important to have that. And, um, yeah. and what I mentioned before was I know that there are some, and we talk to our clients all about this because, you know, long-term care insurance is something that a lot of people used to go for. It, it became very expensive. It's hard to find now. And I tell them about the program that you you guys explained to me about, you know, which is the long-term, is the insurance, life insurance with the long-term care rider, which I think is a fabulous way to go. Obviously, yeah. probably the premium is a little more expensive, but the beautiful thing is that you don't know when you need that long-term care. Yeah, you could you be know. 75 years old, you break your hip, for six <laughs> months you need help, right? And you have something you can tap into, yeah. right? Yep, yep. You know, and I think that's that's you know that's great. Is that something that you're seeing more people like look look for? Uh, unfortunately, they're not looking for it on their own as much, but we definitely bring it up, bring it up, mm -hmm. and and when they hear about it, their eyes open like, oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and the biggest benefit we have is being able to put that long-term rider on a relatively inexpensive term policy. It basically pre-approves you yeah. to have it in the future. So even if you're younger, uh, you're able to start protecting yourselves. Um, and this is a little bit unfortunate. When you speak of life insurance, age, and being younger, People, a lot of people think, oh, I'm young, I'm not going to get anything. We're in an interesting time right now with our health and exercise, diet, what we eat. Our society as a whole, we're, we're for the first time seeing... Uh, People well, dying males had younger. a dip in life expectancy. Um, yeah. Life expectancy is not increasing like it used to. It's actually right. turning just a hair. And we're seeing strange things happening in younger people. Yeah. Um, cancers in people in their 40s and 50s. So the old days of waiting is, is even more risky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and in reality, in, in many ways, the younger you are, the less time you've had to self-insure. In other words, <laughs> if, you, if you're eight, 70 and you're looking for life insurance, right... God forbid you don't get it in time, right? You may have built up some savings that your family can use. Correct. If you're 20s, 30s, and you have a new family, you don't have mm -hmm. you no, know, a, a nest egg that's built up and said, oh, well, he didn't have life insurance, but I can just go to his retirement account. Because yeah, it's yeah. not been built up yet. Exactly. So it, mm -hmm. you're the yes, the odds, obviously the odds of you dying at a younger age are lower, yeah. but the on the flip side, when, you know, whenever you're doing you know, finance expected value, right? The flip side is the penalty, right? The, the, the damage to your family if yeah. you die younger is, is even higher, the potential, because there's, there's less that mm -hmm. they can tap on to kind of tie them over till they reach that point. Especially if you have children. You know, yeah. Children always wind up the innocent victim of a lot of things yeah. that adults make decisions to do or not do. Um, any, any family that has children should have some kind of life insurance to protect their future, college expenses, education. Um, and uh, our company, Erie Family Life, I believe in January of next year, we have a 40-year term product coming out. Wow. Which is very rare in the industry. Mm -hmm. it's gonna, wow. It might not be the beginning of the year, but we're going to have a 40-year term product, which is absolutely amazing. So, uh, so and, and before you said, so, so if you get, let's say you get a 20-year term with the long-term care rider, at the end of 20 years, you can roll that 
were I to another, let's say, 20 term with long-term care without having to... Well, you can't roll your long-term care over to another term. Um, with all insurance companies, not, not just ours, if you have any kind of a term product and you want to roll into another product with no underwriting, it's, it's always going to be a, a more expensive permanent product, like a whole life okay. or okay. a flexible life. Um, that's the only caveat. Okay. But you could use um, to, the less expensive term to basically to get you pre-approve down yourself now. This way, later right. when you flip it to roll it to a hole, you don't have to worry like, oh no, something came up on my right. health right. test that's going to make gotcha. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When you're when you're young, you, you got car payments, student loans, yeah. new children, all the expenses of life. That's where term comes in. Uh, hof- hopefully, when the children are grown and there's no more college, and you're hopefully in a better situation financially, that's when you can start looking at. A permanent product where you can actually build some cash value and not just be, you know, own your insurance instead of renting your insurance. Um, it's, it's a, a good way, to, good way to go. Uh, good way to think about it. But, yeah. but the moral of the story is that I wish, you know, or I, 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 like a lot of people wish that somebody would have talked to us, yeah. especially our parents, you know. And I'm not putting any blame on our parents, you know. They, they did, they're doing and they did the best I they could. I don't know, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you know. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Well, that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, off the show, off, show, off the show. <laughs> no, like. <laughs> Offline. <laughs> Offline. So, but I wish somebody who have talked to me and mm-hmm. give me, uh, you know, uh, some of the knowledge that I already have right now. Because I would have purchased without hesitation a life policy when I was 21 years old. I mean, I was probably paying maybe 10 times less than what I'm paying right now, yeah. you know. But nobody talks about life insurance. Now, you talk. So, you know, I, that's what I encourage, you know, all our you know, parents today, you know, please, you know, talk. Talk to your kids, you know. If you don't know, you know. Talk to someone who knows, you know. You don't have to know everything. We don't know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's impossible. But talk to, you know, get financial um, help, you know. Uh, get financial advice. Talk to, you know, whoever you need to talk to in order to educate yourself. So that Very way you can there talk you to your kids, exactly. you know, and they can make a good exactly. choice, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, g- gentlemen, I mean, I know we, we talked a little bit. You mentioned a little bit. Uh, last question I have for you, a little bit of... You know, what's new insurance? How about business-wise? What are you seeing in terms of hiring people out there? Because um, I know mm-hmm. other businesses in the community, you know, there's some challenges with that. What, how is that looking for you guys? It's rough. It's rough everywhere. And mm-hmm. I just, yeah. for us, um, I've been trying to plan an event uh, for that's in a couple of weeks. And uh, I've called places. And they've actually, yep, the date's open. This is open. We don't have staffing. It's Sorry, staffing, we yeah. can't help you. Turning, just turning down money. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. But yeah, yeah, hiring is still rough for the for everybody. I don't care what industry. Yep, you're in. absolutely. Um, but uh, but since you brought it up, you know, Craddock Serious Insurance, we are hiring. We're hiring from the office manager position, mm-hmm. uh, customer service level position, and uh, we're a great uh, family-owned business. You know, two-family-owned yep, exactly. business. Uh, next year, we're going to get to celebrate our 40th year, four wow. decades That's of being fantastic. in business. Fantastic. Um, so I was almost in business before you were born. But, uh, <laughs> not quite. Not quite. So, but uh, I, I think that's one of the things we love best. Just, you know, it, it's so nice that like, it the family aspect. Of, I mean, being a family business, of knowing mm-hmm. that like when we're working with Chick, you're not a family. We're working with you, Miguel and Catalina come in, and we know, you know you just get to know 
like that you know that your values are aligned with what mm-hmm. a lot of people who come in and looking that's for right. insurance that's what yes. what they're looking for is what you guys yeah yeah are looking for as well so it's it's always yep. a, a great it's good to see and and uh yeah. helps really just know we can trust you guys i mean as great as technology is it's nice to still have a relationship yeah you know we'll, we love to see our clients meet them know who they are but you know once that point's done we, we're fully equipped technology-wise texting email whatsapp all that kind of stuff you know you don't feel like if you, you have an old-fashioned relationship means you have to come to the office four or five times a year um you know, not that we don't like seeing our clients, but that's just not the modern lifestyle yeah. anymore. But uh, True. it's nice to have a name, somebody, when you call, they know who you are. You're not just ABC, XYZ exactly. in the computer. That's exactly so, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's the beauty. And gentlemen, for both of you, so if people want to get in touch, I mean, if they want to reach out for any of these things, where can people find you? And then Miguel, you can go, donde se puede entrar? So we can do bilingual. Sí, sí, sí. Este, bueno, aprovecho para decir en la parte de español eh, de que estamos actualmente buscando por profesionales bilingües en la parte sí. del, del atención al consumidor, eh, manager, eh, management positions. Eh, eh, estamos a la orden. Pueden buscarnos directamente al, en nuestra dirección es 687 Berkmar Circle. Charles Virginia 22901 o ellos pueden ir directamente a la página de nosotros eh, o en Facebook, estamos bien estamos en todas partes, Facebook, Whatsapp eh, cualquier cosa nos pueden mandar su, su resume eh, currículum vitae eh, cualquier información, cualquier pregunta estamos atentos para las personas que estén interesadas en ¿Y, ¿Y el manager hacer? sería manager de usted? ¿Mm? ¿El manager sería manager de usted? Es mi... <risa> <laughs> uh, and we're working for licensed or unlicensed. You do not have to be Perfect. licensed to start with us. We do on-the-job job training. We have uh, good benefits, great time off, very flexible. We understand that people have families and needs. You know, not one of the old-fashioned places you go to work where you're, you know, beaten and you're not allowed to, you know, <laughs> Take leave. the day off, yeah. Uh, exactly. We're very modernized in time off and what people need to support their families and children. So there you it's have terrific. it. So, I mean, whether you're looking Absolutely. for insurance or yeah. you're looking to get into the That's a great business. A great reach out to, to credit series. And you work with two great guys. And you get to work with <laughs> Thank you. two great guys. And Carolina. And Carolina. And Carolina yeah, is also Which great. Which I'm going to yell off when I come in. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'll bring the message. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Wonderful. As always, thanks so much Absolutely. for being Absolutely. here today. Pleasure is ours, and thank you for having us here. Absolutely. Alexander, thank you so much. Thank you both. Um, and uh, thank you, Vanessa Velasquez, for watching the show this morning. Rosa Macias, muchísimas gracias uh, por, uh, por mirar esta mañana. Gracias. And, um, gracias a todos. And uh, been a great show. Loved been a fantastic show, Every yeah. minute yeah. of it. We've got some great guests next week also. We're going to have uh, Noel Gray from the Dreville, uh, David Deaton and Ann oh, Thompson David, from no. Mind Salt. David's coming on. And Matias Young. Okay. Coming, coming and joining us from Matias Young Realty. So we've got some great people coming on next week as well. Uh, do you want to shout it in tonight? 5.30, yes. Castle Hill Cider, the Today Manana Guest Appreciation Event. Be sure to, to sign up for that. If you did this is fun, you wait till tonight. <laughs> exactly. It'll be even more fun. It'll be even more fun. So really appreciate everyone tuning in, all the comments and questions that we had uh, today. Really appreciate it. Thanks you. Thank you. Well, thank you. Always good to be on with you. 
I don't know if I'll it, be on with it, you next week or not. But, no, unfortunately, um, I can't make it next week. Okay, okay. So it'll, I got uh, some visual. I'll miss you. Uh, I got some I'll visual miss. that I got. Well, then you'll see even better. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so really appreciate appreciate everyone for tuning in. Thank you, Judah Wittower behind the camera. Thank you, I Love Seville Network. Thank you, Emergent Financial Services, and then our amazing partners with Craddock Serious Insurance. These guys right here, Matias Young Realty, Castle Hill Cider, Forward Adelante. We look forward to seeing you all next week. But until that time, as we like to close it out on the show, hasta mañana. Hasta mañana. Hasta mañana. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs>